Well, blessings in Jesus Christ, and welcome to Moments of Assurance Weekend here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Appreciate you tuning in for 15 minutes of inspiration. I'm going to be talking about the unimaginable sufferings of Jesus Christ that he experienced on Good Friday. I mean, just totally unimaginable when you think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, and God himself undergoing the most severe and intense humiliation imaginable. This is the one, the Bible says, through whom all things were created in heaven and on earth. He gave up all the splendor of his heavenly glory to carry out the gospel story, which is hardly a story. Indeed, it is the account, the actual factual account of the Son of God dying for your sins and mine. He became you so you could become one with him in eternity forever. I am Pastor Mark Hawkinson. You can reach me at any time, by the way, by Twitter, at RevHawk, or by email, mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. The program underwritten by Mid-American Coaches, Charters, and Tours. They have the highest safety rating the government gives out, and they travel throughout North America. Talking today on uh, this quarter hour, Moments of Assurance Weekend, about the agony of Christ that he went through. Consider also the tremendous humiliation the Gospel writer Matthew says this, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spit on him. They took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. Wow. How could Jesus stand this? The Bible refers to him as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The scriptures even state that he is above all things. Well, how can he who is above all things go below all things and endure such a humiliation? Indeed, there's no other explanation except to say that it was his great love for you. Indeed, for the whole world which moved him forward to Calvary. You're listening to Moments of Assurance. Matthew records these words. And as they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. And then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Yes, Jesus was and is the King of the Jews. But who is the real Jew? The Apostle Paul wrote, For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, 
and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. Indeed, you who have been circumcised in your heart today are the real Jew. That would be you, and that would be me, the real Jew circumcised in the heart by faith. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left, and those who passed by derided him. Now you got to imagine this, making fun of him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, come on and save yourself if you're the son of God. Come down from the cross. Yeah, Jesus could have done it. He could have. He could have come down from the cross, but then he would not have won it. He could have done it, but not won it. The battle over sin, over death, over the devil. So he had to endure their taunts and their insults and their mockings. But he didn't need to endure it for himself. All the enduring occurred because it occurred to your heavenly Father to love you everlastingly. You know, people are fickle. They change from day to day. You can't always count on them to be there for you. But you can always count on your heavenly Father to be there for you. In fact, it can be stated unequivocally. He will always be there for you. He will never not be there simply because his love is everlasting. Matthew continues, And those who passed by derided him. You who would destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you're the son of God. Yeah, so also the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved himself. He cannot save others, can he? He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Jesus, with a mere word, just with a mere word, could have called down literally legions of angels to come to his aid. But he did not. In fact, the prophet Isaiah, some 700 years before Christ foretold this suffering, wrote, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who else could that possibly be but Jesus, the God of eternity? You're listening to Moments of Assurance talking about the sufferings of Christ, the agony that he went through for you and for me. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Moments of Assurance Weekend, underwritten by Mid-American Coaches. So glad you're tuned in today. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, laba sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling for Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again and yielded his spirit. Indeed, that is exactly what Jesus has done for you and for me. He has yielded up his spirit. He's given it up to death, even death on a cross. There was no one else who has ever lived or who ever will live who could have possibly have done that for you or for me other than the man, the God-man of Calvary. He had to be 100% man in order to suffer and die for the sins of the whole world. He had to be 100% God in order for his sacrifice to be a sufficient ransom. So you know, by God's grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus, that you are indeed going to heaven. There's no doubt. Jesus was and is a sufficient ransom indeed. And behold, the Bible says, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Wow! When the centurion and those with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. The centurion a Gentile, and those with him, filled with awe, with wonderment, with amazement. Well, they made a confession which contained not one iota of, of doubt. The Holy Spirit of God had convinced them concerning Jesus' identity. I pray you are totally convinced this blessed morning. For the Scripture says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's the only way such a confession can proceed from your lips today. You're listening to Moments of Assurance Weekend. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Matthew now proceeds to provide some additional materials as well. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, and among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Some extra details for you and for me to add credibility to an already credible Good Friday account. Well, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And then Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. Well, Arimathea was a city in Judah. The exact location is not known. So this Joseph from there, from a place that's really not known, performs an act of great love, so much so that he laid Jesus in his very own tomb. Now, that great stone that was rolled in front of the tomb was disc-shaped and several feet in diameter, 
It was thick enough to keep out animals, and it was rolled in a hewn channel to seal off the tomb's entrance. It would take several men to move it. It was so large. Wow. Matthew continues. The next day, that is, the day after preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you can. So they went, and they made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. You know, it's ironic that those temple guards were among the first witnesses of the resurrection. So the tomb was made as secure as possible, very secure. Jesus was no fraud. And that last statement, the last fraud will be worse than the first, is turned around, as you will see. Every Easter Sunday, when the resurrection was proven, Jesus really did rise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Jesus said, I have the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He who lives and believes in me will never die. Yes, Jesus went through excruciating pain for you and for me. That's how much he has loved you everlastingly. And his resurrection, hey, that guarantees that you're going to be able to see Jesus just as he is. And you're going to be able to appreciate the one who could not have gone further for you to get you into heaven. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkins and appreciate you tuning in to Moments of Assurance Weekend. Tune in throughout the week, over the weekday, noontime hours for the full hour of Moments of Assurance. God's richest blessings. Have a great rest of the weekend. You've been listening to Moments of Assurance with Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid-American Coaches, mid-americancoaches.net. You can email Pastor Hawkinson at mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. That's mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. Hear Moments of Assurance weekdays at noon on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.